morning morning i'm having issues it keeps kicking me out so bear with me ad i'm having issues this morning mina graham nice to meet you good morning on this podcast we get into god's infallible word of truth read the bible word for word um let me know if you guys can hear me i keep getting kicked out Yes. Okay. Um, I have this book I'm reading. It's called The New Calvinism. I wanted to read uh, something in. I'm trying to find where it's at, or if it's even worth reading. I think it maybe just ministered to me. Um. Yeah, I think this is kind of for me. It's a cool little read right here. It says, uh, when we see women hungering for God's word and spending time and, and reading serious theological books with other ladies in their church, this should encourage us. When we see men with greasy with grease under their fingernails reading the Bible on lunch break and daily blog articles at night to sharpen their theological muscle, we should be encouraged. When teenagers are found engaging in social media conversations over the Word of God and sound biblical theology, this should excite us. When college students have a hunger for robust expository preaching this should ignite our hearts with much encouragement but we must proceed with caution the same movement has ha, the same movement that was sparked by a by hunger for god through his word can be derailed by pragmatism or or mysticism and many other false ideas that are lingering on the predator pre, awaiting on a opportunity to strike Anyways, the first part's pretty good. Um, yeah, I've been reading this book. It's called uh, The New Calvinism. It's a pretty good book. You got to check it out. You got to look up what Calvinism is. But it's pretty much God's word. And it's all one of my uh, favorite pastors. Most of them. Some of them. Joyce Bruce, Paul Washer, Steve Larson, Conrad McBew, and Tim Collins together discussing the background. I think John MacArthur's in here as well. Anyways, so I haven't got a topic this morning. I don't know where my topical book is. I don't know. Um, trying to find a topic to read on today. Um, 
Got an idea? Forgiveness. Right, we could do that. I think I have something here about forgiveness. Let's see. Yeah, forgiveness. All right, we're doing our forgiveness. <clears throat> Um, to get your Bible ready, the first scripture we're going to jump into is Proverbs 28, 13. Um, but what's forgiveness, okay? Let me read an overview of forgiveness. Is. It says, sin, sin against God, it may affect another person, such as when you tell a lie and it hurts them. But you're really sinning against God who said, you shall not bear false witness. Exodus 20, verse 16, because, because sin is violating the law of God. Hold on, let me, let me put that down. Um, sorry, we're highlighting it. Uh, let's see, Exodus 20, verse 16. Because sin is violating the law of God, only God has the capacity and power to forgive sin. Only God can say your sins are forgiven. It says, and once we've received the, that forgiveness, it's beautiful. We have a blessed joy. And the happiness. David expressed it. Oh, how blessed is the man who transgresses transgressions is forgiven. Psalms 32, verse 1. Oh, how blessed is the man whose transgressions is forgiven. So that's the thing. When we sin and we sin against God and we ask for forgiveness, do we have peace in that forgiveness? Do we truly know that we're forgiven when we ask for it? We should. And if you don't, there's a problem, right? Good morning, good morning. So today is topics about forgiveness, okay? Um, I'm just going to highlight Psalms 32, verse 1. Anyways, jump into first scripture, okay? Proverbs 28, 13, when I told you in the beginning. What does it say about God's perspective of forgiveness, okay? It says, He who conceals his transgression will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them, them will find compassion. So you try to hide your sin, you won't prosper in life, okay? But if you confess it, and you forsake it. Forsake it means like turn away from it, get away from it completely. You know, um, you know, what does it say in Matthew? It says if you uh, 
if your eye sins to get you pluck your eye about eye out because it's better your eye burn in hell than your whole body um jeff durbin does a message on that it's really powerful you know we live in society now where we don't pluck nothing out we kind of just scratch at it meaning like there's sin in our life and instead of us plucking it out and getting rid of it and really turning away from it completely or anything that resembles where that sin's at we kind of just scratch at it and be like oh, i'm gonna push it to the side it's not a big deal you know and, and sin is sin you know and i'm guilty of that but we need to start plucking stuff out and cutting it off and getting it away from us because it's becoming a hindrance in our walk to where it's hindering the Holy Spirit working through us and in us because we keep living in sin of doing the things we shouldn't be doing. You know? Um, let me see here. So it's important to pluck it off and get rid of us, right? Get rid of it. So it says, he who conceals his transgression will not prosper. He who confesses it and forsakes them will them will find compassion. So God will give you compassion in forsaking that sin and turning away from it. And boy, do we need compassion from the Lord, you know. Um, Isaiah 118 reads, come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet. They will be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be white as wool. So saying that your sins are so dark and so wretchedly red, that they're scarlet, right? That when we confess them, God turns our sins as white as snow to where we're blameless and perfect like Jesus. But only when we confess it. Only when we confess it, right? And also, it's also another reference in Matthew Matthew 9, 6. It says, But you, but so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Matthew 9, 6. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Get up, pick up your mat, and go home. So only Jesus is the one that can forgive us of sins and all our transgressions. To where when we walk in life, we have peace, knowing that we're forgiven. And we don't have that hindrance and that weight on our shoulders holding us down and knowing what we did was wrong against the eyes of God. Because nothing can be hidden from God. So only Jesus, Matthew 9, 6, tells us that only Jesus is the one that can forgive us of our sins. He's also the one that can heal people that are... Uh, Paralytic. It says paralytic. Am I saying that right? Um, they're handicapped. They can't walk. Okay, so why not turn to someone that can heal people from not walking instead of turning to ourselves? You know, in our sin. Um, another reference, Mac, uh, Mark 2, 10 and 11. Mark 2, 10 and 11. Reads um, God's perspective says, but so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, get up, pick up your pallet and go home. Again, another reference in Mark that only Jesus has the authority to forgive us of sins. No one else, not Paul, not John, none of the prophets, minor or major, none of them. 
only Jesus. The same Jesus that could heal the blind and heal the people that are handicapped. So we need to turn to him in our sin and him alone, confessing it to Jesus Christ for forgiveness. So that's that seems right, because a lot of times we when we ask for forgiveness from someone else and they deny it, that's fine. But you did it. You approached that person. You say, forgive me for what I've done to you. I'm sorry. And you, you mean it sincerely. And they don't want to accept that forgiveness. That's fine. But you, you in your sincere heart, you ask for forgiveness. And God sees your sincereness. And God will do a work in it to where you will be forgiven through that other person. Because God's going to work in that person. So even though they'll say, I don't, I don't care that you forgive me. I still hold it against you. It's fine because God's the one that judges. God's the one that forgives, period. Okay? So it's very important. Very important. Good morning, good morning. Um, so Luke 23... Sorry, I lost my place. Luke 23, 34. God's perspective of forgiveness. Okay. It says, but Jesus was saying, Father, forgive them for they, they do not know what they are doing. See, a lot of times we don't even know that we're sinning. And that's a problem with society today is people hear the good news of Jesus Christ, but they don't know why it's good news. You know? It's good news because we're wretched sinners. We fall short when it comes to the Ten Commandments, the law. The law, which is the Ten Commandments, shows us why we need a Savior. Why? Because we lie. Okay, We steal things. I don't care how small it is. Um, we bear false witness. We do a lot of these things. We lust with our eyes, which is adultery. Um, these things we all are shown that we, fought, we fail out one of these laws. We fail out all of them. But when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, knowing he fulfills the law perfectly and blamelessly, we are made righteous in the eyes of God because of the son, because of putting our faith and trust in the son, Jesus Christ, dying for our sins, taking the punishment that we deserve. So a lot of times we don't know what, what we're sinning against. We don't know that the wrath of God is upon your life because you don't realize it. That's why as Christians, we need to reference that and tell people, you know, that you're living in sin, man, and God sees it. And he will hold you accountable for it. Oops. John 8.36. It says, So if the Son makes you free, you will be freed in, free indeed. So if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. Right, So if you have bondage of sin in your life and it's holding you down, it's hindering your walk, when you ask God to forgive you, you'll be free from it. You'll have that weight, that's, that burden that's been sitting on your shoulders that you've been suppressing by your own understanding your whole life. When you confess Jesus Christ as Lord and you repent to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and you confess your sins to Him and Him alone, Jesus, He forgives you of that and you are free from it. These are all promises to believers that walk with the Lord, have a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
right? So God's promise. What's God's promise in forgiveness? God's promise in forgiveness. 2 Chronicles 7.14, okay? 2 Chronicles 7.14 and forgiveness, man. It's hard to forgive people that they do us wrong, you know? And God needs to do a work on our heart about that. 2 Chronicles 7.14 says this, And my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. So we got to humble ourselves. Humble ourselves. Cry out to God, to Jesus Christ. Pray and seek his face. How do you see God's face? Through his word. Okay. Through loving people. It says, when you do that, God will hear it, your cry from heaven. And you'll forgive you of your sins and you'll heal your land. So that land, we talk about healing the land is where we're at now. This wicked world we're in where people are doing whatever they want, where they're calling good things. When they're calling good things bad and bad things good, which is where we're living. God will heal the land when we cry out to the Lord constantly. Right? Okay, so another... another Bible verses Proverbs twenty eight thirteen. It says, "He who conceals his transgressions will not prosper." <laughs> oh, I just read this in the beginning, but he who confesses and forsakes them will find compassion. So we want compassion when you confess our sins to Christ, right? Isaiah one eighteen. I think I just read that too. Oh, how about Isaiah 55 on God's promise? Isaiah 55, 6 through 7, okay? It says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways, his way, and the, uh, uh, the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return to the Lord, and he will have compassion on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. So, while God can be found right now before you die, you need to turn to him in repentance and faith in Jesus Christ as Lord. While he may be found, call upon him while he's near. So, when you're hearing the word of God go forth, like when I'm reading God's word, and what it's doing to your life, it, what it's doing to you right now, it's, it's, it's convicting you, it's making you think. And at the same time, your flesh and the devil is feeding lies to you, saying, nah, you're fine. Everything's okay in your life. That's what's happening right now, the battle inside your mind. Um, so while God is here and he's, he's, he's drawing you to his goodness through his irresistible grace, which irresistible grace is uh, unmerited favor for you to say to come to repentance and faith in him. He's drawing you. And while he, he could be found, you need to repent and put your trust into him right now. And confess in your heart that, God, you are Lord of my life. And I believe that Jesus did die on the cross for my sins. Why? Because I sin every day. I am a sinner. 
I am my own God. And you need to repent from that and make God the God of your life. It says, let the wicked, in verse 7 of um, Isaiah 55, it says, let the wicked forsake his way. So the people that are not living a life to glorify God, they're wicked. Okay? They're wicked and they're doing whatever they want to do. And it says, forsake the way you're going. That's why you repent. Because repent is, you're going one way. So the wicked is going their own way. Repent means stop going that way. Turn around go go towards God. That's what repent means. It means turn around. It means renewing the mind. It's a change of mind. Right? And it says, the unrighteous man, his thoughts. So the same thing. The wicked, the unrighteous, they're the same. Your thought process is way different when you're in the world and you're not serving God. Your thought process is for self. Well, it's all about me. It's what, what pleases me. What could benefit me. I don't care if I hurt anybody as long as I get benefited from it. Forgiveness, okay? Unrighteous thoughts. It says, let him return to the Lord and he will have compassion on him. So the wicked and the unrighteous men, if they turn from their thoughts, they forsake their wickedness and turn to Jesus Christ, the Lord will have compassion on him. Okay? And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. So that means he'll, he'll make the way for have righteousness, right? Welcome, guys. If you guys just came in, we're talking about forgiveness today. Um, if you guys didn't hear the beginning of this, I'm going to put it up on my um, my podcast so you guys can replay it. It might take a, a day, maybe, or a couple hours. I'm not sure. So right now, we just ended in um, Isaiah 55, 67 about the wicked forsaking their way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And in doing that, turning from that, forsaking it, repenting from it. You return to the Lord, he'll have compassion on him, and God will have abundant pardon. So he'll he'll pass he'll pass his judgment upon you. You'll have pardon. Okay, so make a change. How do you make a change in forgiveness? How to forgive people? How do you make a change in that? Well, we got New Testament, Acts 319. Make a change. It says, therefore, repent and return. I just talked about that, guys. Repent, therefore repent and return, so that your sins may be wiped away. Sorry for the the train. This is therefore repent and return, so that your sins may be wiped away, in order that, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus, the Christ, appointed for you. So that's the thing. Jesus came and he died for our sins that we do daily. And the Bible clearly says very easily is to repent and turn from it. Okay. Repent. Sorry, I got distracted. Repent and turn away from it. He wipes away all our sins and refreshes come the presence of the Lord. He may send Jesus Christ as appointed to you. So you realize that Jesus did die for you. Okay. And forgiveness, man. How to make a change in that. You had to repent. It's very simple. Simple. You turn from the way you're living, live a life to glorify God. Another reference. 1 John 319. 1 John 319. It says, we will know by this that we are of the truth. 
and will assure our heart before him. And whatever your heart condemns us, for God is greater than our heart and knows all things. So how do you make a change? Oh, you know, I'm sorry. That's a good Bible verse, but that's what I was looking for. I'm sorry. 1 John 1, 6 through 9. I apologize. 1 John 1, 6 through 9. Even though that was a good verse. 1 John 1, 6 through 9 says this. If we say that we have fellowship with him, so who's him? Jesus Christ, right? And yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice truth. the truth. But... If we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. All sin, guys. So that's sin in the past, present, and future. It's when we acknowledge God as our Lord and Savior and we confess our sins and we repent daily. Repentance, okay? True repentance is obedience in Christ Jesus. Is obedience in his word and in his law, obeying him. Loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself. Well, who's your neighbor? Your neighbor is everyone else other than you. Not your next-door neighbor. It's talking about everybody. Love them as much as you love yourself. And when they say, man, how come you love so much? How come there's so much goodness in you? You go, it's nothing I did. It's everything Jesus did on the cross. You point and give the glory to Jesus Christ every time. Okay? It says, but if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, which is Jesus, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So what does he mean by one another? So that means that the body of Christ. That means people that are all on the same, same page, they're all repented and they believe in Jesus Christ dying on the cross for their sins and rising on the third day. You fellowship with those brothers and sisters. That's why going to church is biblical. You are the church. You go to the building to meet with other believers, to fellowship and, and talk about your struggles in life and talk about what's, what's bothering you and what's hindering your walk. And you pray for each other, lay hands on each other, encourage each other, have fellowship, eat with each other. We need that because when we're by ourselves as Christians, we get attacked and we get lied to and we get distracted. The Bible says that we're dumb sheep and we get led astray. And it's so true. I'm talking for myself. I am so dumb. Okay. Um, I am not worthy to read the word of God. Okay. But God has appointed me to here to do this. I pray before I do it. And I'm like, Lord, I pray that I get out of the way and you be glorified in it. I pray that his word goes forth and it pierces hearts, hardened hearts. They have this philosophy and the idea of who they think God is instead of opening the Bible and reading it for themselves. Okay, I'm not telling you to take my word for it. I'm telling you to open the Bible and read it for yourself. The Bible says that it's active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts between spirit and soul, okay? It's very powerful, the word. That's why when I'm reading it out loud, it makes you think and it, it draws your attention. Because the Bible says that you know that God exists, but you suppress the truth by your own unrighteousness. Okay, that's Romans 1, 18. You know that God exists because you look at the creation. Okay, you see what God had create, created. Um, your morals, uh, your, your decision-making in your life that's good and bad, your morals. You know that eating babies is wrong because God put that law on the tablet of your heart. Whether you believe in him or not, he created you that way because he created you in the image of him. Okay. So in first John 1, first John 1, 6 through 9, it also reads, if we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves. We are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. 
If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay, and then it goes on. It says, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. It's powerful right there because you say you're a Christian. You say, I don't sin. The word is not in you and you make God to be a liar. You would be condemned for that. You would be judged for that. Okay. All right, let's jump into biblical examples. Biblical examples. For those of you who just came on here and you're new and you don't have a Bible, I encourage you to go to the Play Store or Apple Store and download Version Bible app. Okay, there's no excuse. It's free. Um, so you can follow along and read God's word for yourself. Okay. Uh, we're going to jump into Luke 5. Biblical examples of um, forgiveness. Okay, biblical examples for forgiveness. And again, that same that same um, app I told you guys about, I'm highlighting everything on there if you're my friend, so you can see the scriptures on there for yourself, which I encourage you to read. But biblical examples in Luke 5, 24 through 26 says, But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the par paralytic, paralytic, I say to you, get up and pick up your stretcher and go home. Immediately, he got up before them and picked up what he had been laying on and went home glorifying God. They were all struck with astonishment and began glorifying God. And they were filled with fear, saying, we have seen remarkable things today. So, God does remarkable things in our life, right? When you believe in the Son of Man, it came to forgive sins and do miracles in our life. Okay, God does these things. It's a biblical example. That, that man exercised faith in it. He trusted in Jesus at the time, knowing that he could heal him. And he healed him because of faith. <clears throat> faith is believing in Jesus Christ that he did die for your sins and rose again on the third day. Luke 7, 47 Luke 7, 47 to 50. For this reason I say to you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven. For she loved much, but he who is forgiven little, loves little. Then he said to her, your sins have been forgiven. Those who, who reckon who recline, reclining, uh, reclining at the table with, oh, uh, for those who are reclining at the table with him, begin to say to themselves, who is this man who has forgiveness of sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Your faith has saved you. See, it's faith. Faith in Jesus Christ, knowing that he died for your sins and rose again on the third day. Okay, it's faith, believing in Jesus Christ, okay? All right, prayer. What's a scripture? We need prayer and forgiveness, okay? We need to, let's exercise what prayer is. What do we ask God to do a work in our life so we don't have this bitterness towards this person and not forgiving them. 
Okay, Psalms 32. Psalms 32, verse 5. Okay. It says this, I acknowledge my sin to you. So, bam, right off the bat, it's confessing it. You know, and the forgiveness, confess it to God. It says, I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity. I did not hide. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. See, and once you confess it, you, you receive the guilt. You receive the forgiveness of the guilt of your sin. That's how you know that that you have the Holy Spirit in you is when you confess it and you're forgiven and you have peace in it. You don't have that pressure on your chest. You don't have that pressure on your shoulder holding and hindering you down. But you got to acknowledge your sin. Not to man, but to God. You want to you acknowledge your sin to man to pray for you. Man doesn't save you from your sins. Only Christ alone. That was a little reference for you Catholics out there. Okay. Christ alone. 51. Okay. Psalms 51 verse 9. Okay. It says this. Oops. It says, hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. So when we confess our sins... God hides it from his face and he blots all out, all our iniquities. Iniquities is sin, okay, in our life. He blots them out and we have assurance and peace in that, okay? Another one, Psalms 86. Psalms 86, verse 5. For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abounding in loving kindness to all who call upon you. God is ready to forgive you. You just got to confess it. He's ready. Okay. He's abounding in loving kindness to all who call upon him. Loving kindness to all who call upon him. Call upon him. Confess your sins. He'll forgive you of all your sins. I don't care how dirty they are. I don't care how dark they are. Whether you think that he knows or not, he does know. Confessing it, man, you have that peace in it, man. How do you confess it? You just talk. You just talk and say, Lord, pour your heart out. You can even pour your heart out with tears of compassion and forgiveness. And Lord, just search my heart. I want to know more of you. You know what I mean? That's how you confess it. You talk to him. Get in a quiet place. No distractions, no cell phone, no people around you, no family. Just you and the Lord and confess it. And say, Lord, do a work in my life. Lord, let your loving kindness be upon me, knowing that I'm forgiven of my sins, my deepest, darkest ones. I'm talking about the sins that no one knows about, okay? That no one knows about but you. And you confess that to God so you have peace in it. You don't have that hindrance in your life anymore. And you can, have, you can walk lighter, you know what I'm saying? Like knowing that God's in control and he loves you and he's going to cherish you. I just wanted to say that's awesome, dude. We actually on this podcast have a thousand star hearts. I don't know what that means, but it's pretty cool. I don't really know what the hearts reference, but anyways, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's crazy. A thousand hearts, man. Okay. So let me give you another prayer, okay? Another prayer and forgiveness. 
Um, we're gonna go keep in Psalms, Psalms 103, 1 through 5, okay? Psalms 103, 1 through 5. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. Who pardons all my iniquities, who heals all my diseases. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> who who redeems your life from the pit. Right? Who redeems your life from the pit. Who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. Who sacrifices your years with good things. I'm sorry. Who satisfies your years with good things. So that you... So that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Right? The Lord performs righteous deeds and judgment for all who are oppressed. The Lord performs righteous deeds and judgment for all who are oppressed. I kept, I read a little farther, but yeah, so... Bless the Lord that forgives us of our sins, right? And we bless his holy name. See, this is where the Roman Catholics get it wrong, okay? We confess our sins, right? We realize how good Jesus is in our life because he forgave us of our, our evilness, man. And we have eternal life because of that, okay? And, and in doing that, and in, in, in knowing that we're forgiven and, and, and loved by God, we want to do good works, okay? We want to do good things to glorify him and bring all the attention through our life to him, okay? That's what God has called us to do, to do good works, to bear fruit. And in doing that, it gets glory to him. And it, you you earn treasures in heaven. So when you go to heaven, God blesses you aboundantly, you know. See, the Roman Catholics have it backwards. They say, well, to earn salvation, you have to do good works. And it's such a bad twist of theology because the Bible says that your works are as dirty as filthy rags. So when you're not a child of God, you don't understand that. Until you come to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ, then you realize that it's not your works that make you righteous, but Christ alone that makes you righteous. And in that righteousness, in that forgiveness of your sins, you want to do good things to glorify him. See, the Roman Catholics have it backwards and it messes up everything. Okay, Your works are as dirty as filthy rags to make you righteous. For salvation, they believe it's it's works plus, what is it, works plus... Um, Works plus faith equals salvation. It's no, it's faith alone in Jesus that grants you salvation, that produces good works, that you don't pride you don't pride yourself upon. You give glory to God in it, right? So something to think about. All right, so we jumped into a lot of scripture today, guys. I hope you guys got ministered to you about forgiving. How do you get forgiven? You go, you turn to Christ. Okay, you confess it to Him and Him alone, sincerely through your heart. Okay, and in that forgiveness, you don't go back into the sin, okay? You turn from it. You don't keep going back towards it. You turn from it. Okay, you turn to the Lord in it. All right, so I hope I minister to you guys. Um, let me do a question and answer this morning. And I'm going to try to do a Puritan prayer as well, because the Puritan prayers are powerful. I know a lot of you guys like them. Those of you who are new, welcome. Follow me, you know, um... I don't do this for popularity to get votes or to get hearts. I do this to get God's word forth to uh, just to change your heart, change your mindset of what you think living in this wicked world is about. 
Um, it's about glorifying God, our creator that made us in the image of him and acknowledging that God gave his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for our sins and the sins we commit daily. And we need to be forgiven because, you know what, the Bible says that you are yet a vapor here today, gone tomorrow. So you're not promised tomorrow. You're promised today. You're promised right now. And even then, God can take you out because God's in control of all things. And the question comes down to one thing. Where are you going to go when you die? Do you have assurance that when you die, you're going to heaven, or you're going to hell? Because whether you believe there's a hell or not, it's still there. Okay. It's like going to court and being judged for a crime. And, you know, and the judge says, well, you're going to jail. And you're like, well, judge, I don't, I don't believe in jail. He's going to laugh at you and be like, whether you believe it or not, it doesn't matter the fact that you're still going there. You know what I'm saying? So whether you believe it or not, um, it's real. Okay. And the Bible talks more about hell than it does about heaven because it does. He's warning us not so we don't go there to acknowledge him as our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, question and answer for this morning is, let's see if it's, question and answer is this, um, hold on a second, I'm doing it through my phone instead of through my book, question, question and answer is this, what do you mean by saying he ascended to heaven, question, what do you mean by saying he ascended to heaven, answer, that Christ was taken up from the earth into heaven before the very eyes of his disciples and remains there on our behalf until he comes again to judge the living and the dead. So that's what ascended to heaven means. I'm going to put it up for you guys. You guys can read it, copy it. Um, okay. What does it mean that he ascended? It means he went to heaven in, in the eyes of the disciples and remains there on, remains there on our behalf until he comes again to judge the living and the dead. So God, Jesus came to love us and die for us. The second time he's coming, he's coming with judgment. He's going to judge the unrighteous. He's going to judge the living and the dead. So hope you guys are prepared. Okay. Let me read a value of visions. Um, I just, I picked a good one right now. Okay. It's called New Beginnings. Okay. This is value of visions. Um, value of visions, Puritan prayers. And the topic is new beginnings. And it says this. I adore thee and abase myself. I approach thee mindful that I am less than nothing, a, a, a creature worse than nothing. My thoughts are not screened from my gaze. My secret sins blaze in thy light of thy countenance. Enable me to remember the blood which cleanseth all sin, to believe in thy grace which subdues all iniquities, to reign myself to thy agents which can deliver me from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of thy sons of God. Thou hast begun a good work in me and canst alone continue and complete it. Give me an increasing conviction of my tendency to error and on my exposure to sin. Help me to fill more of pure, help me to fill more of the purifying, softening influence of religion. It's compassion, love, pity, um, court, courtness, court, courtiness, and employ me as thy instrument in blessing others. Give me distinguishing between mere form of godliness and its power between life and a name to live, between goal and truth, 
between hypocrisy and religion that will bear thy eye. If I am not right, set me right, keep me right, and may I at least come to thee house and peace. Come to thy house in peace. All right, so that's called New Beginnings. Pretty good. All right, guys, God bless you guys. Let me pray you guys out. Heavenly Father, come before you, Lord. I thank you for another glorious day, Lord God. I pray that your word went forth, Lord, and you would be glorified. I pray that those that don't know you, Lord, you convict their hearts and minds to come to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ as Lord. They would really examine what their life is like with apart from you, Lord, and how it's working without you. And I pray that you would just do a remarkable work in each and everyone's life here, Lord. And I thank you for our forgiveness of sins, Lord. I thank you to teach us how to forgive people when people do us wrong. And um, and that happens all the time, Father. Help us to love our neighbor. Help us to love you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. I pray for everyone here, Lord, that's um, sick or ill, Lord. Uh, you just do a remarkable miracle in their life. And that you would be glorified in it. Um, I thank you for your mercy and grace each day in our life, giving us a breath to breathe. I pray that your word went forth and it pierced hearts and minds. And that's just all in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. All right, guys. God bless you guys. Happy Monday. Hope you guys have a blessed Monday. Thanks for coming in here. Subscribe. Um, I do this every morning around 7 a.m. Uh, Pacific Eastern time. I don't know where you guys are at. but All right. God bless you guys, okay? Blessings. God bless you, sister. All right, remember, all glory to God.